JD, today we're taking a look at 1 John, and before we even get into this, I want to encourage everyone to check out the Bible Project video on 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. You can check that out on YouTube, and I'll put a link to that down below because they do a great job of explaining all three of these short letters together. It's actually important to understand that John, when he wrote this, he was sort of the elder or the leader in a house church movement a couple thousand years ago. And 2nd and 3rd John give a little bit of insight into what he was dealing with, and really 1st John, in essence, is is more of a sermon. It's less of a letter, and it's more of a, of a simple sermon that John writes to them um, so that they would really understand some of these basic ideas from the gospel. And the author here, I think the author is most likely the author of John, the gospel of John, because if you look at the gospel of John in 1 John, if you read the first verse in both letters, there's some similar words there. He says in 1 John 1, he says, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning whom we have seen and heard. Go back to the gospel of John chapter 1, and you'll see it sounds somewhat similar. And then Genesis chapter 1 is also somewhat similar. They're talking about in the beginning and connecting Jesus to the beginning of everything. And uh, I think it's just brilliant. I love the way it all connects. Mark verse four myself, because it, it just speaks to me. And it says, we are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. And as I, as I grow as a Christian, and I go to step three, as we talk about in the circle and helping others, I, I want to share my joy and, and the joy that comes with the, uh, being close to God and submitting to God. And I'm amazed by it. And I, I saw this in his writing and I went, yeah, that's it. I don't, I don't know how you do that, but but I love it. Well, and he, he starts to explain how you do that because then he, he goes to one of the two major themes in the letter. He talks about light. He says in the next verse, verse five, this is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. And again, if, if you think about this, Go back to the Gospel of John chapter 1, and there's a lot of talk of light there, you know, that Jesus is the light. Go back to Genesis chapter 1, the first book of the Bible, and it says, in the beginning, right? And it talks about how God created light. And so he uses this image, this really simple image of light, and this the difference between light and darkness. And, and J.D., I think for people listening to this, if you're living in the light, right, which is what he says in verse 8, he says we're lying if we have if we say we have fellowship with God and we go on living in spiritual darkness. We're not practicing the truth. But in verse 7 he says, if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. And I've always loved verse 7 because you know as you dig into this he's saying if you live in the light, then you have fellowship with each other. So in other words, the closer you draw to God who is the light, then the closer you can draw to other people. And this reminds me of Matthew 22, the, the greatest commandment, where Jesus said, love God and then love your neighbor as yourself. So in verse 7, another way of saying it is, when you live in the light with God, then you can live in the light with other people. In other words, your relationship with God can transform your relationship with other people. And I think, J.D., that's where people really experience joy. You experience joy when you live these fuller lives transformed in, not just in the light with God, but also in the light with the people around you. Nice. And so probably the most famous verse in this chapter is verse 8. It says, if we claim we have no sin, 
we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. Verse 9, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. This one is hard for me to get excited about because, I mean, (laughs) I don't know who... I guess there are people that say they don't sin, but I, I have a hard time grasping that. Yeah, I think, I think in today's world, there are a lot of people who just don't even think sin's a thing, right? Yeah, you're probably right. When I you know, use my phone uh, to write a sermon, which sometimes I'll do and I'll narrate into it, it doesn't know sin. It can't ever type the, the word sin. Oh, you're kidding. It's interesting to me, and I think it's because sin is just not a... A thing in modern culture. So to me, these these verses are really, they really speak to today's world, that there is such a thing as light and darkness. There is such a thing as sin. And if you claim that you've been sinned, then you're calling God a liar. But if you confess your sins, this is the, the greatest verse, if you confess your sins, he's faithful, he's just, he'll forgive those sins. 